0: hey folks if you've been tuning in over the last couple months you've heard all about the game time app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports concerts all types of shows uh, my favorite game time feature is being able to see your seats uh with the game time app and seeing the view from your seats uh, I, I know it's a big deal for me especially going to all these stadiums that i haven't been to it's good to be able to see uh what i'm going to see before i actually purchase it so make sure you check that in the app uh, well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app. Create an account. Then click the billing section, redeem code the Athletic. Once again, that's the Athletic, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem code. And it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick. And score last-minute tickets. Man, you got to get a, you got to get a, a cheat sheet or something. That's terrible. That'll kill us. You like that? You
1: like that? I'm just about that action, boss. So. You cannot lose games in the NFL and still win.
0: You are listening to Run the Film with Kirk Morrison and Ted Wynn, only on the Athletic Podcast Network.
1: Welcome, 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 as always, to the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Run the Film, our week 16, going into week 17 edition of the Run the Film podcast alongside Ted Nguyen. I am Kirk Morrison and I think, Ted, let's just hop right into it now. we The playoff field is kind of almost taking shape, uh, but there's been some teams that they eliminated. And I know so many times we talk about the teams that are already in, but let's talk about the teams who are out. And I'll just start with these names. Here you go. The Indianapolis Colts, they're out. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Denver, New York, the Chargers, Miami Dolphins, and Cincinnati Bengals. If I just throw a, just a quick list to you right there of those teams, which one do you think could have the quickest turnaround, Ted, of the AFC teams who are already eliminated? I actually think the uh, the Dolphins could turn it out, turn it
0: around relatively quickly. Yeah, no, I, I like that. They've been competitive, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is kind of volatile. But you know, if he has one of his years where he just keeps the turnovers a little bit down and. Uh, it's still aggressive, he he, he moves the ball. I, th- I think Flores could get that defense fixed with a little more talent uh, through free agency in a draft.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, th- uh, the team that I'm thinking of, I'm looking at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Now, a lot of that is predicated on what they do at the quarterback position, Ted, but if they get a quarterback, I think that they can be their team that's ready to win right now. And not saying that Phillip Rivers has been bad, but, I mean, they can get one of those young gun, young, you know, Quarterbacks coming out in the draft, possibly that can really bring this team into a new stadium next year as well. So, I think they would be my team. If they got a defense that's kind of built ready right now. You got some book in defensive ends. Secondary is pretty good. And um, they're just a couple players away, probably along the offensive line of really being a contender. And I can see them in the playoffs um, next year. What do you think about the uh, Tom Brady's, too? Chargers rumors. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, I can't see Tom Brady wearing any other jersey. I really don't. As much time as he spent in there, no one talks about his relationship, I think, with Josh McDaniels and how much does that play into um, how good Tom has been. But to have to learn an entire system all over again, learn a new offensive coordinator all over again, I kind of I, – I don't see that one happening at all. I think he'll walk away before he goes to another team, so – uh, I got some NFC teams for you, all right? The uh, Los Angeles Rams were eliminated last week um, versus the San Francisco 49ers. Chicago Bears eliminated. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals, the New York Football Giants, Detroit Lions, and the Washington Redskins were all eliminated in the NFC. And if I had to pick one of these teams that I think could be a team that, you know, makes the playoffs next year, of those teams, I think you may be surprised, but I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the team that, to me, can I think make the biggest stride come next year. I mean, right now I know they're seven and eight, but man, I think about them going towards next season. They fix some things with Jameis Winston. Um, I, I can see this team making a strong, strong leap.
0: Do you think Winston can cut down the interceptions? Because man, he has throwing them at such a high rate. It's yeah, we, we know Winston is not the most careful quarterback with the ball, but, I mean, what he what is he, like a 28 interceptions right now?
1: Yeah, 28. 28 interceptions. I know it's not good, but I said he can't be a 30-30 guy, and I hope he's not a 30-30 guy. 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns, but he's thrown over 30 touchdowns. So, to me, that's why I think that um, he has the capability. He just got to cut down on those freaking turnovers, man.
0: Yeah, I, I think my team uh, that I think could – turn around quickly is probably the, the LA Rams. I mean, you know, Sean McVay is getting all this flack this year. I think it's just kind of a a backlash type of reaction because he was getting so much praise in the last couple of years that now people are just kind of souring on him because, you know, he's having a, they're having a bad year. But, you know, we, we've seen teams have Super Bowl hangovers before, and there's a lot of question marks This his offensive line, but I think they have gotten better under Aaron Cromer in the last – a few weeks, and I think with a little more time and um, maybe adding a, a guy or two to that line, they could get get fixed. And uh, and we know that defense is going to be good. Uh, I mean, they're going to have to resign a guy, you know guys like Fowler um, and that kind of deal. But um, I, if they they they've re-signed their guys, I think their defense will be strong and their offense sh- uh, should be improved. I don't know if it's going to get back to that level of uh, where they were a couple years ago, but um, with a better offense and that defense that's continuing to play as well as they have been. Uh They could be one of the contending teams next year again.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel you on that. I think they do need to go get another running back. If they do that, then I think they will be definitely a, a team that be right back into the hunt. Now, the next thing, Ted, is there are some news of the week, right? As we enter week 17, the final weekend of the season, some big news coming out. Uh We'll start with Seattle. The news, they lost two running backs, not one, but two. Um, last week, CJ ProSize injured for the year, along with Chris Carson. They both go out, but enter two guys and former Seahawks, Robert Turbin, the name that many people sort of remember, but the most, I guess, famous name of uh, the signing for the Seahawks this week is Marshawn Lynch. Now, I don't know what Marshawn Lynch has been doing this entire offseason. We know he's been a free agent. The Raiders did not bring him back this offseason, and he's. I guess we all presume that he was retired the Seahawks come knocking and Marshawn Lynch was the one that opened the door for it and they have signed a deal he will be a Seahawk now we know that they at least have one playoff game ahead of them we know that for sure but they still have a week 17 matchup against the 49ers which is the game of the week so Ted what do we even expect from Marshawn Lynch if anything
0: like, like you, I'm not totally sure because I just saw him a couple of weeks ago in Oakland serving <laughs> out shots of tequila at a tailgate. And all of a sudden now he's a Seahawk. But, so from what I've read, he was uh, he, he visited Seahawks a couple of weeks ago. I think they told him that they would have interest, And he's just been working his tail off for the last two weeks uh, trying to get in shape. And, and um, I don't know what kind of shape he was in before, but two weeks of training, as you know, is not a lot of time to uh, get ready for a pounding.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. It's not a lot. And that's why I think that he is a break glass if necessary guy. I think that he'll suit up. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter come day one and they're going to give him 30 carries this week against the 49ers. But I could see him getting, you know, maybe eight to ten plays. I think more so Robert Turbin is going to be the guy for the most part. But, um, or, or even still, they, they have a plan in place. I just don't see them doing that with Marshawn Lynch. But we got to remember it's Brian Schottenheimer, who's the offensive coordinator. You got to bring someone in who knows the system who, and who you trust right now. It's about trust. I mean, they can go out and get a back off the street. They can go get a Jay Ajayi, but will he know the system? Will he know the scheme? And will he know the culture? I think you bring in Marshawn Lynch, totally different. He's a guy that everyone knows in Seattle. Definitely get them enthused and energized give some, uh, I guess, that stadium a lift as well.
0: Yeah, and one thing you know for sure is he's going to be able to go in there and uh, handle pass protection and be a good Correct. pass protector. And that's and that's one of the scary things you worry about when you lose all those running backs is, you know, who's going to come in and protect Russell Wilson and make those blitz pickups. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is one of the best at doing that. So if he's not getting 10, 15 carries, he'll at least get in and, Get some get good pass protection reps which is, is going to be very important to keep uh russell wilson upright yeah right now i think
1: currently on the roster they just have is uh travis homer i believe Uh, on the on the roster at the moment so i know they're trying to figure out their options at running back and bring in some practice squad guys as well to elevate so we'll watch and monitor that and the uh the next uh big news uh of i guess going into week 17 is the return of jj watt the defensive end defensive lineman specialist for the houston texans he will be now added to this team we know that they just like the Seahawks have already clinched um, a playoff berth. They won the AFC South, so they get a home playoff game. But having J.J. Watt back, what does this do for the Texans, you think, Ted? Uh,
0: I'm not sure because even when he was playing, you could tell he just wasn't the regular, the old J.J. Watt that we were used to. He, you could tell the injuries have taken a toll. He was still an effective player, but he, he wasn't that blue-chip player that we – We've come to expect, and now he's recovering from another injury, so he'll definitely provide a presence there uh, as far as run support and some pass rush. Uh, but I wouldn't expect um, to all of a sudden this you know huge iconic figure who joins the uh, Texas defense is going to wreak havoc. But he'll definitely uh, contribute to this team and and be a factor. But he's just not going to be. Uh, he's not going to help turn that defense around all of a sudden. Yeah, I, I, I hear you.
1: I, I really do. I think he um, he still will be a part of the rotation. And you need guys with playoff experience and guys who um, definitely can be just a part of the, the, the line changes, right? Maybe he's just a situational guy, plays about five, um, sorry, you know, third downs or third and longs. You can probably get 15, 20 plays out of him. I think that still will, will work out for me. I'll take a J.J. Watt. Even though he's not the J.J. Watt of, old. He still, to me, can give this team a nice little bill. I mean, nice little boost along the defensive front. Um, as we recap and go back to week sixteen before we finally turn the page to week seventeen, we had a couple games that we wanted to look at, and uh, the game of the week, Ted, was the the uh, Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, and we knew going in this was just gonna have. Uh, all the, the writings of a sort of a playoff game, a playoff atmosphere, it gave us that. Extremely disappointing uh, to say the least. Uh,
0: uh, Philadelphia obviously uh, gets the leg
1: up now. Uh, we uh, are very disappointed uh, when you get yourself uh, technically in a spot. To kind of come into a Philadelphia uh, team that's got the players they've got, even though they haven't missing a lot of them. When you get in this spot, you give your The
0: fact that uh, we didn't get any scores, the fact the game turned out the way it did,
1: we played well. Nothing to say about anything else. Uh, it's very disappointing. A lot of people thought the Cowboys were just the better team. Cowboys have the quarterback, the running back. Uh, the wide receiver, they got a good defense. And you looked at Philadelphia, all they really had was Carson Wentz, right? The running game uh, was kind of a, a by committee, right? There was no lead back, no lead dog. The defense was sort of broken in terms of the defensive backs who were banged up. Everything that, I, that you read on paper was the Dallas Cowboys winning this game. But it was something about this game. And that's why I looked at the Cowboys and I said, I don't know. There's something about them I don't like. I like Philadelphia. They are a team of destiny. They're a team that's going to go uh, handle their home field advantage. And they did that Ted, the Cowboys. Just offense just didn't look right. Right. It just didn't look like right throughout the game. Zach and Amari Cooper were off. Now Amari got snatched out of the game at the end. I mean, it's just so much to kind of go back and forth and look at this game, but I'm not surprised. And I picked the, the, the Eagles to win this game. I knew that they would. And, to me, the Dallas Cowboys are literally a, a game this weekend away from not making the playoffs. Unheard of when you look at how talented this team is.
0: Yeah, it's it's just crazy how bad this team could play with all that talent on the field. And, you, you know, we, we've been sent, talking about and sensing Jerry Jones frustration uh, with the coaching staff and you know, and right after the that fourth down play, it showed a shot of him just walking off. Yeah, and I I think it's a good snapshot of what's going on with this team right now. I mean, you know, you're you're in a fourth down situation, critical situation. You don't have uh, your best wide receiver on the field, um, and then you hear all these excuses for it that just doesn't really add up. Like, you know, it, oh, it's it's our regular rotation. Um, Or then you know we heard rumors. Oh, he just wasn't playing well, so we felt like we couldn't put him in in that situation. But I mean, this is your your best player. You just targeted him on third down. He was double covered, and even if you don't throw to him, if you have him on a field, defenses have to account for him, and that might help open up one of your other guys. Uh, So just just a really weird situation. And and on on the other side of the ball, you see uh, Doug Peterson, you know, coaching his best with. Without any wide receivers. he had J.J. Yeah. I mean, he had Greg Ward, a former quarterback, playing wide receiver out there. Uh, So it it was a really impressive job by Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson scheming up ways to uh, move the ball without any wide receiver depth. Yeah.
1: I mean, they knew they had a plan, and a lot of that was just, hey, we're just going to run the football. We don't know how many yards we're going to get, but Miles Sanders, guess what, Boston Scott, we're going to just feed you the football, rely on our offensive line. And they found those ways, right? I mean, Dallas Goddard, I mean, this was the guy who the Philadelphia Eagles stole away from the Cowboys, right? Remember, everyone just thought that Dallas Goddard was going to fall to the Cowboys. Here come the Eagles during the draft. They swoop in and get him. And they needed him because Zach Ertz went down with an injury early on. He did return. But I just thought that Carson Wentz played probably as good as you can play. 319 yards, uh, zero uh, interceptions. He had the one touchdown um, to Dallas Goddard. But... You just got to look at how good that Carson Wentz is. And we re- re- rewind to last year, and I'm not so sure people thought that he was even the guy for the job. Everyone was so hung up on Nick Foles. And now, as you saw the performance from Carson Wentz, he is the guy. And there should be no question about it. Nick Foles, good quarterback, but he's a guy that kind of caught lightning in a bottle. He he is what he is. That's just what it is. He's a backup quarterback, comes in and gives you what it is, um, you know, where he doesn't mess it up. But Carson Wentz is the future of the Philadelphia Eagles. They paid him like that, and it was games like Sunday that you'll remember, right? We always ask, I need a quarterback to play in a big game and win a big game. That was a big game on Sunday, and that's what gives me just a little bit of, I would would say, belief that the Eagles, if they do make the playoffs, that they can still make another run. Like, it's crazy to think. I know the record doesn't tell me that, but they find ways to win, Ted.
0: Yeah, I mean... It, you know how hard it is to pass for 300 yards. If you don't have a number one wide receiver, <laughs> right. a number two wide receiver. Your your top tight end goes down, and some of the passes he was making, there was zero separation. He had to be, he had to be perfect. And and there's a chance that um, that uh, for, which one I mean, Deshaun Jackson George, might be able to play in the uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. might be able to play in the playoffs. And so if they make the playoffs and Deshaun Jackson is back. Uh, that could be that could be a big boost they might be able to make some noise like you said
1: yeah yeah. they get Deshaun Jackson back now you're teaming up you got some um some capable wide receivers to get things going and to be honest I I don't want to discredit what they did defensively against this against the Cowboys as well I mean defensively that was also an area of concern um, because they uh, have not been the healthiest at cornerback and Avante Maddox made some plays Um, You know, Darby has been up and down, but they made enough and the crash rush got there. We forget just how great of a player Fletcher Cox is. Right. And he just is steady each and every year. A lot of people just realize realize that Aaron Donald is just a, a, a beast. But people forget that the year prior to Aaron Donald getting his big contract, Fletcher Cox was the highest paid defensive player in all of the National Football League. And he's playing like that. Uh, right now so it's interesting to see look it's not all said and done yet right we still got one more week to go the philadelphia eagles they still have to win their final game if they win their final game against the new york giants they are in the playoffs they will go to nine and seven and the cowboys will be eliminated so playoff game again this week for the philadelphia eagles they win they're in that's plain and simple uh Man, the next game was the Monday night football game, Ted. It was, it was the Packers and the Vikings. we got a resilient group, you know, a, a group that doesn't, doesn't blink, doesn't flinch in, in tough times and sticks together, and that's what we talk about
0: all the time, and it's a credit to that locker room, and I couldn't, I couldn't be happier to be their coach. So that, um, you know, it's a tough place to come into too and play. Uh, the crowd is electric, and we knew it was going to be tough, and that's a, that's a damn good football team. So just real happy for our guys. Uh, that was one of our
1: goals is to, to win the division. But I think there's more out there for this football team. And, and now it's time to reassess those goals and, and move forward. And I just, for some reason, I felt that the Minnesota Vikings playing at home, they would find a way to win. I felt that they would go out and, 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 and be able to handle business. I know Kirk Cousins is, was 0 for 8 on Monday Night Football. Well, guess what? He is now... 0 for nine and the Green Bay Packers necessarily didn't play well in the first half, right? They were all up and down, up and down. But the second half, that's just Aaron Rodgers took over, Aaron Jones took over, Devontae Adams. And now this team is really a Seahawks or I mean, a 49ers loss away from being possibly the number one seed in the NFC, Ted. I mean, what did you see on Monday night that really uh that either impressed you or left you unimpressed? with both the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, both the Minnesota Vikings and the green Bay Packers. I'm
0: just, I'm, I'm kind of impre- I'm impressed by how many times the, the green Bay Packers have kind of morphed They they started the season as a really strong defensive team, then their defense fell way off the map and then it became a strong offensive team. And then now their offense is playing, not at a very high level, but they're at, they're at least moving the ball and they're, they're scoring some points. They're just not doing it consistently. But their defense has started playing a lot better in the last few weeks, and they had an extremely strong performance. Especially the uh, the Smith brothers were just in <laughs> Cousins' face the whole time, yeah. so I, I was I was really impressed by that pass rush. And their their run their run defense, their run defense was really bad in the beginning of the season, and, and now they uh, they're starting to step up and uh, they they stopped the Vikings' run game, and they were pretty smothering against uh, the Vikings' wide receivers, who we know are very good with Adam Thielen and uh St- Stefan Diggs they gave up a, a couple big plays but only gave up 10 points at the end of the day uh but yet i mean i, I, w- I was just really impressed by that pass rush and um uh, they just looked like a very complete team that could beat you in multiple ways like Aaron Rodgers is not playing very high level football right now but you we could we know he could go off at any at, during any game um their run offense has been pretty consistent Aaron Jones at 154 yards he looks awesome so the Packers are a scary team. It, it, they're kind of hard to get a beat on because you don't know how they're going to beat you, but the fact that they can beat you in a, in a multiple ways is uh, makes them a scary team.
1: Yeah, I hear you. They, they look like a scary team, and I think the one interception, and I say this a lot with quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, I think you put him in there, Phillip Rivers. Um, a lot of times when they throw interceptions, it's not because – um they were fooled right it's because they just missed a read right it's very rare do you say oh okay you you got me but this one Aaron Rodgers, uh, he got him. He was not fooled. He just had a bad read. Didn't see the safety kind of come in late on like a robber coverage. And boom, he jumped right in front of run. And Aaron was like, oh, you got me. All right, good. And it didn't happen um, the rest of the game. But you mentioned that their defense is playing well. And they're running the football extremely well. Like Aaron Jones has turned into um, an outstanding back this season. Now, Was not voted to the Pro Bowl. But yet he's been one of the best backs, I think, in the NFL this season. Well, Aaron Rodgers has fed him the football. He's done more than I expected, Ted. And I think that that gives me um, sort of, I I think, a premise that when you look at the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs and things for them may be able to play at home, that they don't need the arm. They'll use the arm but they don't need Aaron Rodgers to have to make every single throw. And they won't need him to have to carry the team because they do have a running game and the offensive line seems to be healthy as well. That gives them, I think, the confidence that when we think of the NFC, I mean, Green Bay, New Orleans, San Francisco, those are the names I think at the top that we can definitely see representing the NFC and going to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point about Rodgers. He, he, you know, he has to get into a... A mindset that he he doesn't have to make these crazy Aaron Rodgers plays to win games anymore. He could just you know take the open the first open receiver he sees and just keep taking those yards. It, he doesn't have to make the you know spectacular 20 yard play out out of structure anymore. Uh, he he could work within the structure of his offense and uh, they could win that way. And I you know I think he needs to get into that mindset more. And if he does, um, this, this I think this Green Bay team can go far in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, they're going to go extremely far. So that's, um, you know, a team that as it starts to play out and we go through the scenarios really quickly of what can happen over the next week. So we know that there's a ton of scenarios this week. And before we start to look forward at Week 17 and the matchups that we liked, Ted, um, right now as you see it, um, the playoffs, you know what, I'll save that. I'll save it to till, till after we get done with our Week 17 preview because – um, there's still a lot that has to be done in terms of who's going to be the one seed, who's going to be the two, the three. It's not all set in stone right now. Currently, the way it sits, San Francisco's there. San Francisco win. We look, they're the one seed. They're the team that's going. Everybody's got to go to Santa Clara. They got to go through San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. Now, if they lose against the Seahawks this weekend, now we're talking about a bunch of different teams. Uh, two two teams now. Can have the opportunity to get to that number one seed. So we'll be interested in kind of figuring out how that goes. The Baltimore Ravens, totally different. They lock up the number one seed. They are chilling. They don't have anybody playing in week 17, but two three, um, the two, three matchup in in New England. Uh, New England has to win this week, and we know Kansas City has to win this week because if New England loses, Kansas City can go up to the two if they are able to beat the Chargers this week. So that takes us to actually week 17 now, Ted, and week 17, just a couple matchups for us that we want to look at. And I think the game of the week for week 17 is the one that I, t- I tweeted it out there at Kirk Morrison. Once yeah. the... the you know, the Rams had lost, that the you know 49ers had won. I said, all right, that, that's it. Week 17, let's just get it out the way. Let's flex that game to Sunday night. And that's what the NFL did. 49ers at the Seahawks.
0: It's going to be loud. We know it's going to be a hostile environment. I can't wait for it. It's going to be awesome. Just um, it'll be a great challenge for us. You know, all these games, it seems like every week is a big game. And this time of year, they all are, so. We'll go in there with the right mindset. Prepare for these guys and you know make it happen.
1: The battle for the NFC West. This is the this is a division championship game, but it's also more than that. The 49ers need to win this, not just to win the division, but they could get the home field. Like I mentioned, the 49ers lose this. Not only does Seattle become the champions, they would go to the uh, wait, Seattle would go drop, I believe, to the they would go to the four seed I believe yes they go to the four seed if, if Seattle wins they go to the four and the Central 49ers would go to the five so it's kind of interesting that it could be I think back-to-back uh games in which they will play each other so there's a lot that has that could be played out over the next couple weeks uh in terms of how does that play out but it to me This is the game that I wanted to see. I've been wanting to see this one. I wish it was more of a winner-take-all, who would be home field and things like that. You know, one team will go to one and the other one will go to five. But, Ted, this is the game. This is the matchup. And the one thing I want to see is can the San Francisco 49ers win the big one? The one against the Rams, hey, I expected that. Um, I didn't think the Rams – were. they fought all the way to the end. A couple things didn't go their way, but I felt that San Francisco was just a better team – they went into New Orleans and won. Now they have to do it again and go into Seattle and win. What are you looking forward to in this matchup? I'm just looking forward to
0: seeing, you know, we remember when the Niners with Jim Harbaugh and the Legion of Boom had that great rivalry, and now it's now you have kind of part two of the, the Niners seahawks rivalry with, um, you know, Russell Wilson still there and Kyle Shanahan has his team humming. And, you know, Marshawn Lynch is back, too. So this, this is a huge matchup. Um, so when the they first played earlier in the season as Seahawks won, uh, the Niners were really banged up. And now the roles have kind of reversed because now the Seahawks are the team that's really banged up, and the Niners are getting healthy. Uh, and the Seahawks uh, could be missing – I think they, they will be missing Dwayne Brown, uh, Shaquille Griffin, their top corner, uh, Quantre Diggs, their safety – uh, I don't know if Clowney's playing, but even if he's playing, he he's going to be playing through a abdominal injury, which is uh, pretty tough. So everything is there for the Niners to take this game and, and win. And this has a f- kind of a feel that I, I you know they have some momentum going, and it just they just feel like they're they're going to be the team to uh, to win this game and take the t-
1: take the division. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Seattle, right? They've got all the injuries at the wrong time, right? The wrong, wrong time. And so now they've got to figure out how do they win this? We talked about it earlier in the program that they signed Marshawn Lynch. And like I said, it's a break glass, if necessary, situation for Marshawn Lynch. But even still, though, I don't know if the the Seahawks have enough firepower, right? I mean, with the 49ers coming with that pass rush and no Dwayne Brown, I think that's probably the bigger thing we've seen. Russell Wilson use lesser backs, right? We've seen him just have anybody in the backfield and his, he lets his magic take over, but not to have a, just starting left tackle. I think this is going to be huge because he won't have the time, the protection to get the ball down the field. If needed, that's not going to be good for their offense. And, and then defensively, as I look at the Seattle Seahawks, um, they've played well, but no Jadavian Clowney, they, the, the pass rush is, is going to be one that's manufactured and I, I would say before in years past, right, Mike, you would say, man, this is going to be fun because the Seahawks at home, I mean, man, they're they they, they they're hard to beat, but they haven't been one of the best teams on the road, I mean, at home this year. And it's really been surprising. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised at that that they haven't played well at home because we know how much of, a, of an advantage it has been for them. And so without that... I don't know, Ted, that's where I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit and trying to figure out if Seattle, what what do they do to win this game? Because I don't know if they have enough to beat this 49ers team, especially the way that Jimmy Garoppolo, he didn't play his best game against the Rams, but he showed up when they needed most driving down uh, uh, a game-winning drive to help his team win.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, another big injury is uh, if Quantre Diggs can't play, that's going to be big because ever since he got traded to the Seahawks, he totally changed that defense, allowed them to be go back to that single high, uh, single high identity that they've been so used to doing. And without him, you know, they might have to make some big adjustments. And we remember Clowney was the guy who totally wrecked the game plan for the Niners uh, the first time they played. So if he, if he's not a hundred percent or if he doesn't play, that's going to be a huge key. Uh, but you know, with all that said, they still have Russell Wilson and uh, we we've seen him make make magic with very little talent on his side, the ball before. Uh, so yeah, I, I would heavily favor the Niners, but it's hard to count out Russell Wilson in big games because we've seen him show up in big games in and out, you know, game after game.
1: Uh, and I think one thing too, we got to always remember, um, I think the San Francisco 49ers have the X factor, or not even, he's not even the X factor. He's like they're one of their number one weapons, and and that's George Kittle, and I don't know if Seattle has someone who can cover him. Even Condre Diggs, he's more of a midfield safety. Um, would he be guarding George Kittle? Maybe some. So, but even so, if he's banged up, that's also not a good matchup, you know, for the Seattle Seahawks. So right now, I feel like the San Francisco 49ers are the better team. They're the healthier team. And they won last week at home. I think they win again at home this week, Ted. And they'll be the number one seed in the NFC. And the road to Super Bowl 54 <laughs> will go through Santa Clara. How, how crazy is, does that sound? It's,
0: it's crazy because, you know, we'll probably talk about it in a sec, but there could be so much movement that happens in uh, week 17 that, you know, who, who knows who's going to be number one. But if if the road goes through Santa Clara, that, that'd be awesome for the Bay Area.
1: Steelers versus Ravens. That's another game that has a lot of implications. You can't sit your starters in a game. It's not how it works. Uh, um, you, you have up to seven options if you're completely healthy. We don't know exactly you know if we'll be completely healthy or not. We're very healthy, so it's, that does bode well. Uh, it will be an opportunity for some guys to play who've been inactive, so that's a big plus for us. Gives some guys some experience and uh, We'll just roll with it, but our intention will be, and our plan will be, all hands on deck to win the game, you know, with, uh, with all those guys who will be playing. They're all on our 53-man roster, and uh, they'll be excited to play and we will be excited to play. It's a rivalry game. It's the Steelers. They have everything to play for, and uh, we recognize that, and we'll be, we'll be looking to put our absolute best foot forward, play our best football game with the guys that we'll be playing with, which will be, the, for the most part, you know, most of our football team with a few exceptions. So that's where we're at with that. Um, the Ravens are number one in the AFC. They wrapped everything up. But the Steelers, the Steelers need some things to fall their way. They need to win. If, if they win, then they can put themselves in good position to make the playoffs. Uh, they lose. It opens the door for the Tennessee Titans, the Raiders, all kind of teams. But the Ravens have already come out on record. They've already said that they will be, there will be no Lamar Jackson. There will be no Mark Ingram. Um, We will see what uh, what guys along the offensive line they'll sit out, as well as um, Earl Thomas will be out for this game. So they're clearly looking toward their Super Bowl run, hopefully with the first round bye. But do you think that's fair, though, Ted, that they sit some of those guys, knowing some teams around the league, need them to have to win or need them to have to play at their best?
0: Yeah, I think it's fair because, you know, they're not worried about these other guys like the Raiders need them and uh, other teams they're worried about trying to get their guys healthy. And as much as they run Lamar Jackson, you, know, you you would hate to see them run Lamar Jackson on an option play. And all of a sudden he gets nicked up for the playoffs. So um, they have some injuries that they're dealing with. And I think it's probably the wise choice to sit, but I mean, as, as a player, wh- how, what kind of effect do you think a two week, rest period will have because they also have a bye week on the first round of playoffs.
1: Yeah. That's always the hard part, right? Because you know, you, you, you've kind of got momentum going and then you're going to stop momentum, right? Because you're not playing in week 17 and then you are not playing the following week and you're going to pick it up. So yes, you get healthy, but I think some of the best teams that we see truly, are the ones that are carrying the momentum from the regular season, and it comes right into the playoffs because they're playing still in that week-to-week routine. I mean, just throwing yourself off by a couple weeks, it can throw you off. So that that's the catch-22 when you think about it um, in terms for John Harbaugh and his squad, right? Like, you just don't want to just walk in, and, and and hopefully you pick things right back up, but it is. It is a cooling-off period. I know I, I love the bye week, just in general now. I never had a playoff bye week, but I love the bye week, but yeah, it did take you about a, a, maybe a series or a quarter or a half to get back into the flow of the regular season or the just the game in general. So that's my only concern, um, I think, for uh, the Baltimore Ravens. But you got to do what you got to do, right? Lamar Jackson is going to be the MVP of the league. You need him 100% healthy. You cannot put him in harm's way. But also, Mark Ingram needs to be healthy. I mean he goes as I mean Lamar goes is just as much as that running game, and so they need Mark Ingram to be healthy as well. The Steelers bench Hodges
0: during the game last week, and then they get Mason Rudolph to start, and he he looked kind of good for a second. He then he gets hurt, so now it's going to be Hodges again, backed up by Paxton Lynch. So it's not like the Steelers are really humming right now as well, but uh they they've been winning with this you know kind of uh crazy quarterback situation uh but i I wouldn't say the ravens just because they're sitting some guys out or are out of this game i think it could still be a good game i i'm actually kind of excited to see what rg3 could do just because we we haven't seen him uh with extended playing time for a really long time and maybe he's healthy now so uh it'd be kind of cool to see what rg3 could do
1: yeah, I think that's what it is. It's going to be the RG3 showcase. I'm looking forward to it. And I think that any time that the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens hook up, it's still a rivalry game. And I think that it would be nothing more for, uh, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens to keep their rival out of the playoffs. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens, even though like, we're not you're not going to get the, the compliment of guys who normally play. I'm still taking the Ravens in this one, Ted. Yeah, same. Okay, so um, – we have our quickly our scenarios real quick. I'll just go through them. Baltimore has already locked up everything in the AFC. Um, Houston, they have already locked up the AFC South. So those two teams, nothing really can change. Same with Buffalo. They're already locked in as a wild card. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots, the Oakland Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tennessee Titans, this is what's all going on. Kansas City, they can clinch their first round bye if Kansas City wins and New England loses. So that's the situation there Kansas City needs to win new england needs to lose but also new england if they we all know if they win they'll get a first round bye. and if they lose kansas city will get it only if they win now here's the tricky one that everyone loves to hear about the oakland raiders need to win and they'll need a pittsburgh loss a tennessee loss an indianapolis loss and oakland will get this tiebreaker based on the strength of victory of a three-man tiebreaker so the raiders just need to win And they also need those other teams to lose. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they basically, they need to win, and they need Tennessee to lose or tie. If they do that, then they win. If Tennessee loses and Indianapolis wins, then the Oakland Raiders loss or tie, then they'll be in. So it's it's, it's kind of crazy. Tennessee wins, they're in. Okay, they clinch up. All Tennessee has to do is just win the game, and they are in. So that's kind of the playoff scenarios in the AFC, NFC. <laughs> grab you ready for this one? All right. Oh, here we go. Green wild? Bay, if they, yeah, if Green Bay wins, they clinch a first round bye. That's it. They win, they clinch a first round bye. Now, if New Orleans loses, they also can clinch a first round bye. So that's kind of where they're at right now. Uh, Green Bay can clinch home field throughout the playoffs with a green Bay with it, with a win and a San Francisco loss. So they're rooting big time for the San Francisco 49ers to lose to Seattle because they'll get a home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Now the new Orleans saints, they won't get, they can still get a home field, but that means that they would need to win and they would need green Bay to lose and San Francisco to lose. Now they can clinch a home field. I mean, they can clinch a bye. All they have to do is win, but they would also need a Green Bay loss. Or they win and they get a San Francisco loss. So they're hoping that one of those two teams slips up and they don't have to play in the wild card round. Philadelphia already locked into their position. If they win, they're in, they lose, then Dallas will, uh, will go in. So that's kind of weird that they got to win the game. So if they win, they're in, Dallas still has hope uh, if they you know take care of business. Now, San Francisco, they win, they're the number one seed. That's it. They got the first round bye. They get a number one seed. A lot of things are happening for them if they win. And in Seattle, if Seattle wins, Seattle, they win the, not only the NFC West, but they would also need a Green Bay loss that gives them a first round uh, by, Um, But they do not get the home field unless they get Green Bay and New Orleans to lose. So uh, I know there's a lot Ted, but just want to throw it all out there. Um, I, I can ask you: Is there a likely scenario that you see of all of those? <laughs> I
0: have no idea. <laughs> I mean, but I, I just I just know the biggest thing is uh, that the seating for the the Kansas City and uh, New England just because both coaches are so good after a bye week, um, and, and New England could really use that bye week just to get continue to figure out their offense. And you know, any t- any time a team, if if you got to go through Kansas City in the playoffs, that's gonna be tough. Uh, so uh, that, that could totally change the AFC, uh, playoff, uh, picture the, the way those two teams are seated.
1: Yeah. I think the one thing that just sticks out to me is just the NFC and how much is still at stake, even in week 17, right? Everybody's playing hard in week 17. I mean, really outside of the, uh, the, the, um, you know, the AFC in, in terms of the Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, the, uh, Baltimore Ravens. I mean, everybody's really playing for something in Week 17. We can't say that about a lot of other sports, right? Week 17 or the final game of the season, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, a lot of things are already kind of, are you know, it's not really fun to watch. But the NFL Week 17, I think it's probably going to get probably one of the biggest ratings of the year because so much is at stake. For more exclusive NFL content, including players to watch, go to
0: theathletic.com slash runthefilm for a free 7-day trial and 40% off subscription.